Welcome to the GT Reboot Gaming Trends Podcast for all preview, news, and review discussion. We have a great show for you this week. In the wake of the PlayStation Experience event, Kenneth Shepard and I discuss some of the announcements including The Last of Us Part 2 and Chloe's Uncharted spinoff. We also have some new games to talk about. Uh, they've been 10 years in the making, but we finally got our hands on Final Fantasy XV and The Last Guardian. And we're so excited you're here to listen to us talk about these games, so let's boot up. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the GT Reboot, episode 78 for that matter. My name is Joey DeClara. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mike Pierce. Mike, how are you? I'm good. about yourself, Joey? I'm doing just fine. Uh, I We just got back from Anaheim uh, a few days ago. Uh, I'm finally back on track, not exhausted, back into gear. Uh, but we are also joined by a former co-host of the show who also was in Anaheim for the PSX convention. That is one Kenneth Shepard. Kenneth, how are you? I'm not dead. You're, you are still not dead. We are yeah. thankful. We're glad. I don't know. So I, th- I, thought, I thought PlayStation Experience might kill me, but it did not. It failed. It didn't, it no. Yeah. I, well, that's about the most I, optimistic I was, thing I've heard all day. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised I made it through. Um, PSX isn't like a... It isn't the clusterfuck that uh, E3 can be, mm-hmm. uh, from what I hear. Uh, I've never covered E3 myself, except from afar, obviously. Uh, but that first week, that first weekend, being on the floor and constantly awake, and then like doing all the things, including writing and uh, demoing and going to the keynote, and then like mingling afterwards. I I, I understand now the <laughs> uh, I am not dead feeling uh, it's it's definitely a good it's one. ridiculous isn't but it this those events yeah. are crazy and it's this defense. one it's yeah but it's not big, that bad yeah way more yeah. chill yeah sorry Kenneth. and yeah. as a person that had has covered e3 and um and playstation experience equal times at this point because i've been to three e3s and all three playstation experiences and a person that like really suffers from social anxiety and just like being in those situations playstation experience is like way more relaxing just setting, um, because in general, everyone is there to, like, except for, you know, everyone's got their job to do, but everyone's also more there to have a good time because there's no pressure for, like, uh, event awards and knowing that the entire industry has its eyes on you at this point. Um, so yeah, it's just, a, it's a much more relaxed, chill event. Yeah. And yeah. I got to take pictures with a bunch of cosplayers, which was cool. Yeah, which are that's not typically Right. And it's also it is true it is a much more chill environment. Uh I've heard that about uh conventions and like social anxiety. It's a very real thing. Uh it's a thing very prevalent in our um in our industry. And it's good to have something that's way more unified. I don't like uh giving credence to things like console wars and um publisher worship. We were just talking about this uh off the record and but there is something to be said about unifying everyone under one roof. You know, there's there's no bigotry about, you know, which box you own or mm-hmm. which type of controller you use. It's just everyone's there. Everyone's excited about the same games. And um, while that can sound exclusionary at the same time, it's just such a great environment. Uh, 
and there there's great games to be had. Uh, there's a lot of cool people there. Really exciting. A lot of great announcements. And it's also just things like the it, the convention center had so much space. You know, there wasn't nearly as much. Mm-hmm. content there there wasn't as many shops there you know little kiosks of shops and stuff like you see at pax there isn't that cacophony of sound all over the place it's far more organized and it's nice to cover something like that a lot mm-hmm. more chill so uh i i enjoyed myself thoroughly uh mike i'm sorry you couldn't come we we missed you dearly <laughs> while we were there no i'm part of the xbox and pc master race so i i don't attend uh <laughs> playstation events I feel like Xbox definitely is not something I associate with uh, Master Race. That's because you're not part definitely. of it. I mean, I am. I have the Xbox. I'm I'm skyping on my Xbox right now, so like I'm here. No, you're I'm, still I'm not part of it. Sure. You, you mean with that uh, kind of an attitude? Ah, uh, okay. While at PSX, uh, obviously a lot of games to be played. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff is generally stuff that's already released or stuff we already know about. Like PlayStation exclusives, like Horizon, and a lot of games that have already come to PC or other platforms are now coming to PS4. So a lot of those we played, but also a lot of really exciting announcements. So I figured like NAC two, like NAC two, actually happening. So I figured we like walk through some of these ex- announcements. We could so start at NAC two. Because just of things I mean, that I wasn't expecting. Apparently, a lot of people knew about this, but I, I, I did it, not expect anything. It leaked a, a couple months ago on a LinkedIn profile um, yeah. for an, like an animator, I believe. Um, I mean, I know why it happened, because the game sold well, but I figured that... And I talked sure, about this yeah. when there, the leak was first happening. I would have thought there would have been an analyst in Sony that understood that just because something sells well on launch day does not mean that anyone liked it. And, I, and I'm not even like a major knack hater. Like, I, I think the game is basically the definition of inoffensive. I, like, of all the things, of all the dormant things Sony has, they choose to revive this. Sly Cooper ended with that character being stranded in ancient Egypt. I'm not gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be upset with that until it changes. And <laughs> you put fucking knack 2 in front of me and tell me this is what you think that you should be spending your money on? Yeah, it's interesting. I... I have no experience with Knack itself. You never played uh, it? I just, no, I just not, never played it. I just I knew what it was, and I heard bad reviews when it came out, so I didn't play it. I understand, obviously. There's obvious reasons why it's coming out. Uh, the first one, from what I hear, was very tech demo-y, was um, mm-hmm. a lot of good ideas that were just stretched out and given a lot of filler just to make it something uh, worth launching uh, with the console's launch. Uh, it sold really well, as most launch titles do, uh, that are marketable. And, I don't know, I guess also because it's a proprietary IP, and that's something that they see working well with their community, which their community has been shouting for NAC2 for a while, but it's a huge troll. I'm just saying, like, and I think they've been shouting lo- at it rather than for it. Well, like, they, there has been kind of a movement where, like, kids are saying, ironically, how Knack, to, Knack is so great, like, we want Knack 2. Uh, and my first thought when I was at the keynote was, oh my god, Sony bit. They have no idea. They couldn't figure out that this was a troll. But obviously, there's good reasons for the game to be coming out. Um, and I don't know. It could easily be good. Uh, it's, I, mean, I have no experience with the game, so I wouldn't know, actually. I mean, again, I don't think Knack is, I don't think Knack is, like, a terrible trash video game. I just, I, I didn't think it was good enough to bother trying to make great, if that makes sense. 
Like the, the sure. what, what was there, I just never felt like it was that. I don't know. It was just like it was not something it was that plain. I. Yeah, it was just like it didn't seem like the thing that was really worth investing the money in. Like the knack is memorable because of generally the negative animosity towards it, rather than <laughs> like I can't like if you ask somebody what they liked so it's about got NAC, notoriety. I guess basically. Like, if you ask somebody what they liked about Knack, I don't know what answer they would possibly give you. It looked pretty, I guess. It looked like, obviously, that's what they were trying to show off. You know, look at all the individual particle effects we can do, and uh, it's a cute character. Look at the cute <laughs> character. I, I, you know, whatever. It's a game they're coming out with. Um, after thinking about it for a second, it it's perfect. makes perfect sense why it's coming out. We shall see. Other games were also announced at the conference uh the uh next uncharted chapter was also unveiled um to the naughty dog uh, bookended this conference mm-hmm. which was really really impressive and a really smart move uh the last of us we will get to in a little bit but uh uncharted opened the conference uh a lot of people myself included could not figure out what the hell we were looking at I, for that first I honestly, like, five minutes a lot of people a lot of people are much are much more in tune with the uncharted series so they knew like it's chloe or it's elena and um but i i didn't know until very far into it, like I figured, yeah, this has got to be the Uncharted DLC. Well, the thing, the thing was, for the longest, t- for a good couple minutes, I thought it was Last of Us Two, and that it was going to be Ellie under that, because it was in this yeah. sort of like, I mean, it, like it didn't have like the same um, overgrown sort of nature uh, environment that the Last of Us typically seen it with, but it still looked like a kind of roughed up area. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, like I, again, I thought it was just going to yeah. be Ellie, but because like. It was very clearly a Naughty Dog game as I was watching it, just because it, just like, even the subtle ways, like the way the camera moved, the, uh, the animations, and, like, you could just tell this was Naughty Dog. Um, but then it ended up being, you know, this standalone DLC with Chloe, which is, I'm gonna say first off, because, like, a lot of people wanted something that took place after the end of Uncharted 4, which I, I mean, it very well, oh, it no, very well might idea, still, yeah. I don't know when this takes place, but, um, I did not. I think it's before because it seems like Nadine is younger. Maybe uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, yeah. But I, I was just glad that it left Nathan Drake alone because I don't think I'd really need to hear from him again. That you know, Nathan Drake is my boy. But um, sure. Yeah. I don't. I think I feel like his story is done, and I don't need to. I don't need another chapter in his life. Um, and Chloe was a character that like was just not serviced at all in Uncharted Four. Like she gets this brief mention. Um, when Nate is going through his attic of, like, stuff and just recollecting. Um, so I'm, I'm perfectly happy to see her again. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally okay with, uh, leaving Nathan Drake alone for a little while. Uh, cause the Uncharted 4's marketing campaign was totally predicated on the concept that this is Uncharted, uh, Nathan Drake's last story. You know, it's his last chapter. So, and then to bring him back for like a prequel would just be so silly. So, this is a great idea. I love Chloe. Chloe's great. She was kind of absent in, she was absent in Uncharted 4, totally. And, uh, it'll be very cool to see her. Uh, female protagonists are all the rage, you know, because male protagonists have been all the rage for the entire history of video games. So, totally fine with that. That's great. Um, and, 
I was also fooled into thinking maybe it's The Last of Us. Maybe it's uh, the, the Rise of the Tomb Raider. Or not Rise of the Tomb Raider. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I think, mm-hmm. is the next one. Uh, as reported by whoever. Uh, I thought all those things. Um, Last of Us, I ruled out once I saw the phone. I was like, there's no way we get back to a point in The Last of Us's world where we have phones. And I saw the military... Uh, and I was like, okay, this is uncharted. We're in some exotic area. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just such a good opening. Mm-hmm. Like they just gave you nothing until like the very mm-hmm. end, really, of that trailer to go on. Uh, I'm. It, it was a Naughty Dog game, like you could tell. But at the same time, I'm. I feel like a lot of companies, a lot of excuse me, teams are now looking at mm-hmm. Naughty Dog. Uh, Crystal Dynamic is clearly mm-hmm. one of them, and. It would be exciting to see a new IP, uh, but I mean, you can only get so much of that. And this is PSX. This isn't E3. Um, but uh, having said that, The Last of Us Part two, 2 was what ended the conference. Part 2. Part 2, yeah, which is mm-hmm. classy. Cla- I think everyone's in agreement on the title. I think it's a good one. Oh, I think it didn't shows, hear some people are refusing uh, it, it to call it that. It the continuation. So refusing mm-hmm. to call it that? That's fine, you know, whatever, do whatever the hell you want. That's, that's what it's called. You can call it whatever you want. Uh, it's called Last of Us Part Two. And I like it. I like the title. It's, uh, it communicates very firmly that this is a continuation mm-hmm. of the same story, uh, which is crazy to think. But judging by what the creators are saying, that is Neil Druckmann and the, uh, uh, sorry, what's his name? Troy Baker, <laughs> uh, the well, everyone who's at the panel, um, there. It sounds like they really want to tell the story. So that's yeah, good I mean, I there there is an annual tradition that Eric Van Allen can tell you about of me breaking down into tears at some point in a Sony conference, and I would have like in most cases you would think that the Last of Us Part Two would be something that would do that, but I it took me of like. Oh, basically over the weekend to be kind of okay with the game being a thing that existed at all because again like I was saying about Nathan Drake's story I don't I didn't feel like I needed more of Joel and Ellie um I didn't need more of that like I I am a person that thinks that the last of us's world is not interesting enough to really merit other stories um because I mean it's just kind of standard post-apocalyptic whatever um and it's <laughs> characters that make that that make it yeah yeah kind of elevate beyond that uh, but then I went to that panel that we were talking about, um, and it seems like, and it seems like they are very much aware that that is a hesitance that a lot of people have. And then I also thought about, um, this new Uncharted Lost Legacy is not about Nathan Drake. Like, Naughty Dog is a studio with writers I can trust to not beat a dead horse. They only speak when they, what they say they know will matter. And it's not going to be just some sort of, you know, cash in. So, you know, I'm hesitantly yeah. excited. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to play as Ellie. Uh, I feel like I feel like Joel specifically, his story is absolutely over as a protagonist. I feel like it was definitely a, a passing of the torch um, at the end of that game. Yeah, yeah. It, it, in general, yeah, she is mm-hmm. she is kind of the protagonist for that first game anyway it's just she's like a she's a stealth protagonist you know like you you don't really know it until by the end when you're playing and well i mean i don't want to spoil it he's not gonna play it. he pierce, just said that he doesn't like pierce member of the xbox pc master race <laughs> dude i'm telling you like there there are some games worth 
breaking down and buying a PS4. No, or yeah, PS3 I know. I, I actually I, have no beef. I with swear PlayStation this is a game at all. What? I have no beef with PlayStation at all. I've just never gotten around to paying for one, and I know there are a ton of games on PlayStation that I'd like to play. And Uncharted sure, yeah. is one of them for sure. Like I've heard yeah. nothing but amazing stuff about that series, and I've watched like I seriously considered getting one just for Uncharted Four back when hundred out of hundred from Game and Trend earlier this year. Yeah, I, I'm assuming you gave the review the only one I've ever given you gave to it a ten out of 10. yeah. That game looks awesome. yeah. It's that game looks super good. Yeah, I wouldn't argue against it. Like if if ten out of ten means masterpiece, then. You know, maybe I have some comments about it. You know, I I have a very popular opinion that it, it overstayed its welcome. Like, the ending kind of dragged on. Even though it wasn't, like, a bad ending. Uh, not like the ending ending, but the, you know, the whole uh, climax. Like, it just, the pacing was a little off. Uh, but it was still very good. And it was still the most beautiful game mm. I've ever played. Uh, at least in photorealism standpoint. And uh, it is a fantastic game, and it's not as good as The Last of Us. Like, The Last of Us is just, in my mind, my my personal opinion, one of the greatest games of all time. That's another uh, one. Not a very, like, someone was just yeah. grueling me about that today, that I need to play um, that yeah, one, and then number two, and everything. And so, you know, if you guys, or someone else at Gaming Trend, or one of our generous <laughs> listeners, you know, wants to send me a PS4, I'd, I'd be... Just send you a I'd PS4, I'd be totally sure. fine with that. I live, you know, just north of Seattle, and I accept used PS4s, so that would be, a, like, a 100% <laughs> acceptable uh, pre-Christmas you're gift. Open to, you're open to used PS4s. Yeah. That's, that's generous of Yeah, you. I know. I'm yeah. a nice guy. I'm open... It, if there's the- if there's a game to buy a PS4 for, uh, pardon the redundancy, uh, The Last of Us could be one of them. Uh, there's several amazing, excuse me, amazing games on PS4 uh, that are worth buying it for altogether. But The Last of Us <laughs> and Uncharted 4 are certainly two of them. Well, Joe, now and, you know um, what to get me for Christmas. Sure, perfect. Uh, I totally agree with you, Kenneth. Uh, I like everyone is in agreement. Uh, the story did not need to go any further. Mm-hmm. Like even to the point of where it cut off, like that was final for me. That was such a great ending point. Just that final cut and then roll credits. Great ending. Put it, put it on the shelf. Great, one of the greatest games ever. Never have to touch it again. Um, but again, like I and so the only people who could ever convince mm-hmm. me, and this sounds silly, but the only people who could ever convince me that it needs a sequel is Naughty Dog. It's Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley. Uh, so I, and the only developers I truly trust implicitly to deliver on anything, whether it be, um, well-performing game, you know, no problems at launch or like crappy patches, uh, excellent story, excellent gameplay, beautiful graphics. I can trust Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog has never let that down. You know, I played the Uncharted trilogy, uh, retrospectively, uh, I played it as Uncharted 4 was in development. It was on its way when it came out. And mm-hmm. I played like two with a friend. You know, I do a lot of the games like that, but never owned the PS3. So uh, I knew like there was something up that it, and obviously pe- people were mm-hmm. raving about this series. And I played it. And even retrospectively, it's a great game. Like the, the Uncharted series, excuse me. Um, so then Uncharted 4 is even beyond. Uh, and The Last of Us mm-hmm. is one of the greatest games. So there's never been a reason for me to doubt Naughty Dog as a developer uh, since their, since this past decade of games. So 
uh, I'm certainly ready for The Last of yep. Us 2, uh, part two. And yeah, it'll, uh, I, we have plenty of time though. So, uh, trying to think of mm-hmm. what else happened at PSX. I mean, there were a bunch of announcements. <laughs> They're kind of overshadowed by The Last of Us. Yeah, that's all Everything happened. pales in comparison to The Last of Us. It's very true. I would say there is uh, a bunch of like game announcements. Neo made a, quite a stir. Yeah, um, I was going to say the seeing Danganronpa on a North American stage was fucking ridiculous, and I stood up in the middle of the conference. It was like, I mean, it was when I it was like when I yeah. lost my composure and just had to have my moment. Um, I'm not sure I've ever felt that pumped about a game, but that's awesome. So I'm just confused. Can you just walk us us Danganronpa novices through this? Danganronpa one and two PSP games. Then three is was you had reviewed this anime that was being labeled as Danganronpa three. Right. I thought, and now like there's Danganronpa V three or it's, three. Okay, what is this? So the first two games, you know, they start out PSP. They came to Vita. They're coming to PS four later next year. Um, Danganronpa three, the anime is the final story of like the the original games story, like because they all are about the same world and characters and stuff like that, where Danganronpa V3 is supposed to be, like, a brand new setting and story that has the same sort of, uh, Saw slash Hunger Games setup. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's... And I, and I really hope that that is the case. It is actually not gonna have some sort of bait-and-switch at the end where it's, it is about the same story because, you know, Danganronpa 3, the anime, was this, uh... It had finality to it, and it felt like it wrapped it all up nicely, them- and like a very uh, smart way thematically. Um, but yeah, V three is this supposed to be this new story, um, and it kind of puts it in a weird spot because like I don't. I mean, as much as I love like the actual like playing of Danganronpa, I still cared more about that story that has is over now. So it's kind of weird to see things like repurposed for a new story. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm. I, I I have no doubt that on an isolated level it's going to be a like really great game, but it's still you know like it's kind of like you know you I can't even think of like a good analogy that's not kind of dark. It's like it's like getting your <laughs> it is just a bizarre situation. Like they they get like uh, you you have a, a series that's been a video game for two games. You wrap it up with a mm-hmm. an anime. And then you continue onto a new spinoff with another mm-hmm. video game. It seems like switched, like you know, yeah. the, the spinoff often would be in the new medium, would be in the anime. So it's yeah. Very I, I think I think the thing is just like they found that create scenario and making it fit in that story, like a third time would have just been like nonsense. So I think it was just like they they were gonna basically finish off that story in a way that they felt served it rather than break it to fit the mold of the games. Um, yeah. But yeah, Danganronpa okay. V3, next year, coming here, right. in North America. Yeah, I I, uh, okay. I I have a confession to make to you, Kenneth. Uh, I know Uh-oh, you're a fan here it of comes. Danganronpa. Just a here little. it comes. I, I have Danganronpa mm-hmm. Trigger Happy Havoc on my shelf, have not played it yet. Like, I started playing it, and I was immediately... Uh, 
thrown by the old uh, controls of like yeah. turning your perspective That's with left PSP. stick and like moving forward. And I was just like, "Boy, this game doesn't know how to do controls," and I I put it down. So I I haven't played it. Uh, but I planned on I uh, as I always do planned on playing it because I've heard over and over from everyone I know mm-hmm. who likes Vita that it's one of the best Vita games. So well, one of the best games on Vita. Um, so. I wonder if oh, I should no. just jump into this new no, game. No, you got to really play the whole thing. Because... Okay. All right. As long as I have your your opinion on it, now I know. All right. So I think that's a good wrap on PSX. Uh, the actual conference. Uh, yeah, the conference itself. The convention. However, we played a bunch of games. Uh, mm-hmm. I figured we could talk about a couple of the games we played. Okay. Uh, I played Horizon Zero Dawn for the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of you guys have played it yet. I did not. I I don't know. I'm like oddly concerned about this game because really? it's so impossibly cool. Like there's so much great about it. It's about it's a game, it's an open world game about dinosaurs that are robots and it's post-apocalyptic oh. and you have like bows and arrows and it's just that sounds absolutely like insane. Ark Survival Evolved? No, yeah no, it's not. It's not a place. It's Have you seen Horizon Zero Dawn? Mm, maybe. Probably. Oh, do your homework. Oh, okay. So big, huge blockbuster game. They have pla- these things all blur planned. together for me. It's it's quite likely that I've seen it, and I'm just like, it's just not occurring to me right now. <laughs> it's literally this name. clusterfuck of awesome video game. Like they took a bunch of concept of video game that are popular and just meshed somehow beautifully meshed it into a video game. Okay, but you got or at least that's that how it's showing. Dinosaurs, robots. So, like, Guns, bows and arrows, and open world sounds a hell of a lot so like. So, Ark Survival—they're not fall. robots, are they? Uh, no, I don't think so. But there's a lot of guns and other mechanical shit. Involved. Yes, there are. Yeah. So, so in this game, well, well, I feel like of all the listeners, you are the only listener, Mike, who needs a rundown on what Ark on what. That's not an altogether is. infrequent thing for me. I generally need <laughs> yeah. a rundown. On like big games so that's completely normal i think anybody who's listened has figured that out by now sure yeah okay so uh horizon zero dawn is uh the next upcoming playstation exclusive uh series uh it will be a series uh featuring this uh native-esque woman in a post post-apocalyptic world like after the apocalypse and the fallout and everything's was uh dead and gone now life is resurfacing and rebuilding uh, and you're this tribal woman who has really weird, like cyberpunky tech. It's like a weird fusion of the two. Uh, you have like bows and arrows and uh, tripwire uh, yeah, crossbows right now. That like weird. that you can hack these. Yeah, you can hack these. Um, these native robot dinosaur things that just inhabit the entire land for some reason. We don't really know, or at least I don't it, think we it, know. It and looks to me like the Dinobots from Transformers had yes. sex with Far Cry Primal. Well, okay. So, yes, there's that, and it is um, definitely that Primal uh, aesthetic, and it's open world, and these uh, these dinosaurs, they're not just dinosaurs, there's like a deer one, and like an, uh, uh, a buffalo type uh, in the demo I played, you're just in this secluded area, um, and you're roped off by, you know, don't go past this point, and you have a bunch of uh, robot animals, say, like a couple of deer, some really weird giant crab thing that has an electronic <laughs> shield, and then um, a bunch of what looked like buffalo, 
uh, around and you can go oh, and hunt man. them and you can you can actually interact with them in a way that you can scare them and send the herd uh, fleeing in a certain direction. You can set up traps uh, to activate when they run into them. Uh, and it's just very, very cool. Uh, the I'm, gameplay I'm feels glad very that you're fluid. pumped about this, dude, because the way you're describing it, this game sounds silly as fuck to me. Oh, I mean, I mean, yes, in a real world like sense, it is absurd. Like a giant crab with a shield, or whatever they, the hell well, that was. Well, look, if, they, if you watch the game, well, trust me. And look, if you watch the game, you'll <laughs> see that it's like awesome sauce. It's it's fantastic looking. <laughs> um, it looks very good. Like it looks impossibly pretty. Um, the frame rate's it a does. little. I'll the frame rate's a little rough on what I assume was a standard PlayStation, but they were also demoing hands off uh, it running on PS4 Pro, which I assume it's uh, worked to help out the frame rate more than the uh, resolution. Uh, but it looked absurdly good on PS4 Pro if that was real. Uh, and the guy was hands on. Uh, the guy running the demo, and yeah, the game looks fantastic. I I don't. I, my only concern is that what I played was like the extent of the game and the core narrative, like many open world games, is dull and uh, not as interesting right. as like, say, side stories or just exploring the world. Right. Uh, but I mean that the loop of just hunting these robot dinosaurs is fantastic. And it's a it does fucking... have some some pretty breathtaking landscapes and graphics. I'll give you that. It looks. I... Yeah. Aesthetically, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. I may be really bad at explaining this game because the way it's described and shown to me, it looks like and sounds like the game to end all games. It obviously won't be, but it's just it's no, hilarious I mean, like, how cool this game is it, and how video gamey it is. I get it. I mean, you know, I'm kind of half joking and being an asshole, which is completely normal for me. But like, you know, when if you what if I just tried to describe the HBO series Westworld to you, it would sound just about as ridiculous as this game does. Yeah, yeah. And right. Westworld is a pretty sweet show, so yeah, this could very well turn out to be a pretty damn awesome game. Yeah, and that, like the just the amount. I remember once being described Brave New World, and how uh, the population is controlled with sex. And I was fairly young when it was described to me, so I'm like, this sounds like the worst book ever. This is fucking stupid. Everyone's controlled by sex. So, Wait, yeah, I totally understand that. I don't remember. I, you know. Uh, oh, okay. Because if you were a teenager, I was still like, Fuck waiting yeah, let's on, play like, this game. Last... This sounds great. I feel like I, I had a thought, like, Animorphs is a better series. So I was probably that young. So there you go. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth, have you first... I was going to ask what games you've played, but have you played, not played Horizon, Horizon. Um, yet? The the uh, only real experience I had with that game, and like in terms of like at a uh, at an event, was uh, the E3 it was revealed at. I I was um on our Sony appointments, and I saw the uh, the original demo that they showed off, which I think got shown off later to the public at Gamescom. Or no, not Gamescom. There was a behind. Yeah. Yeah, I forget Paris what Paris Games Week. But they were they they showed a behind the show mm-hmm. behind doors demo that was yeah. eventually shown yeah. off later. Yeah. Um. I think it looks, I mean, I'm really excited for it. I, it's interesting to me that it's coming from Gorilla because Killzone is my least favorite thing PlayStation has ever put out. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. So it's cool to see that they are really getting to, you know, flex a little bit with this game uh, and hopefully just bring out something that has a little bit more spirit to it because Killzone is just this real barren, lifeless series to me. Um, God, that's another game that I missed, though. Man, and that not... one looked good, too. I remember back in the day, people loved that game. 
Oh, I think well. I, I played a little bit of Shadowfall, the launch title. If there was a launch title to be played, uh, that wasn't <laughs> Resogun on PS4. It was uh, it was Killzone. Uh, Resogun's a fantastic I... game, but anyway, like if there was a triple A, okay, if there was a triple A uh, game to play, Killfall, Shadowfall was the one. But I, you know, whatever. Uh, I agree entirely. I think this is definitely a much cooler thing than uh, Killzone ever mm-hmm. could have been. Uh, so definitely excited. But anyway, I'm sure you've played some games at uh, PSX. So uh, what did you play? What yeah, I played a few. Um, game that I've been like bordering of, on obsessed with at this point was a uh, Pyre from Supergiant. Yeah. Uh, wow. Did Did you play? Did you play it? I did. Yeah, I played it for the first time. I had like spoken to Greg mm-hmm. from uh, Supergiant uh, at PAX. Never got to play the yeah. game. They were like shutting down. Uh, played it this time. It was yeah. Well, really Eric awesome. and I had uh, we. We went to that appointment at E3, and uh, we both played it individually. At the time, it was only single player. And as soon as I finished playing it, I looked over to Greg, and I was like, is there going to be multiplayer with this? Because I'd fucks with that. And then they announced it They announced it today, and I was like, this is the game I wanted it to be the entire time. Now I just got to find somebody to like play it with me locally, because yeah. there's no online, apparently. At least not yet. Um, but that was game of the show for me, because yeah. I just... I'm... I don't know, like, there's, it's a sports game, but it's got, it's got, like, an RPG-esque strategy to it, um. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't mess with any of the RPG, uh, you know, there's, like, there's mm-hmm. skill trees and perks to unlock and stuff like that, and I didn't get enough time with it to really delve into that, obviously, but, uh, from what I played, it was a super cool mm-hmm. 1v1 sports game. Uh, but like, what's great? So if we were trying to describe this game, uh, you control three different characters at any one time, and you have to go to the center to collect the bacon, right? You collect this little orb uh, that the other team of three characters is trying to collect. And there's a lot of complicated mechanics, but basically, you can uh, shoot little rays of gun of like little things at other enemies if they are carrying the orb or they're going towards the orb to kill them off. And your goal is to pick up this orb, run over to the other side, and score it into this little score zone that they're defending. And just the way it's built uh, is so cool. And eventually when you learn how to like sneak past enemies, well, sneak past the other mm-hmm. team, or, or pass off the orb in really cool ways, it's just, it's just a recipe for awesome. It's, yeah. a, it's a sports game, so it's very, very cool. Sorry, did you want to talk about pi- I feel... Uh, sorry, I was just describing I know, it. I mean, like, I think you just did the... I think we collectively said everything I needed to say because I'm oh, just... Oh, okay. Yeah, I... Game, man. You gotta get it all out first try with Joe. <laughs> Before he It's just... You lose your... Oh, your yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> first, like, the first break in your conversation, it's fucking over with. Man. I mean, I'm sorry. I meant to just go for... Yeah, I just meant to go for, like, the description of the type of game it is because it's really... It is kind of weird to describe, you know? There's way more complicated stuff going on than that. Uh, but there's also like a cool story going on, which is, uh, sort of super giant, you know, gameplay is always mm-hmm. taking precedence, but there's an interesting story happening, really cool things happening with the text where you can move your cursor over some parts of like some keywords, like say a character's name. And if you hover your cursor over it, it'll, um, expand a little text bubble of backstory on this character or like an event in the same story. Uh, and that's cool, and I appreciate that. Uh, Super Giant's always mm-hmm. been about gameplay, but I, you know, that's that's a cool addition to the game for sure. 
Well, thanks for letting us know about uh, Pirate Joe. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I thought I, I figured there was more to it than just what they did. All right, fine. Stuff came in the year 2017. So, PSX was great. Uh, there was other news, but we want to get into the games that we played. Kenneth has been inundated with uh, games to play. Uh, two games selectively. Yeah. Those are Final Fantasy 15 and The Last Guardian. <laughs> like, it's absurd Those that you're reviewing these two games. I'm sorry. Like, they're yeah. You, That's your a lot life, of work. your it life was... for the past ten years has been leading up to literally this past month. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I would tweet now, like. It's it's crazy to think that Final Fantasy 15 and The Last Guardian are things that are installed on my PS4 and I'm like a real. And they so came out. It, they are real things. Was it anticlimactic or did 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 it yeah. live up to the last ten, year, <laughs> ten years of anticipation? Yeah, ten years can nothing can live up to ten years. That's that sucks, you know. But but I mean, even so, I mean, like I think there's a difference between not living up to something and just kind of still. I mean, like if say Last Guardian had been an eight rather than the six, I gave it. I feel like these games, like, didn't just not live up to the hype or whatever. I feel like they just have, like, actively, like... Fucked up. Th- they're, act- they're actively poorly designed they're, they're in I- yeah. their own ways. They're either poorly or um, um, obsoletely designed, if that's a word. Or, Wait, are you, are you talking, or they're actually I mean, broken. You're talking about The Last Guardian, but are you talking about Final Fantasy also when you say that? Yeah. I uh, yeah, so. I believe so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Final Fantasy fifteen. Well, let's start with Final Fantasy XV. Sure, yeah, because, yeah, perfect. Um, Final Fantasy XV is a very confused game. Um, for something that's been in development for ten years, like I, I feel like it it has taken pieces of gaming, like the past ten years of gaming history, and just kind of thrown them together in hopes that it would work. Not necessarily with like a real comprehension of what these things require. Um. And it also just feels very reactionary towards criticism of Final Fantasy XIII because, like, for all the criticism of that game being linear, that game is well-designed and it is focused and it understands what it's trying to do. Where Final Fantasy XV throws you into this open world that it's... I mean, it's it's big and it's got stuff to do in it, but it still is, like... It, uh, I don't think it really understands what it is that makes open world games appealing to people, just mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the stuff that you do is supposed to matter. They're supposed to be, like... It's supposed to have an effect you know, on the world and the environment. Yeah, and it's just this... It's sort of just this... It's like they made a small area of Final Fantasy, like a small town, and just expanded it into an entire world and didn't bother with, like, really making sure that every moment that you spend in that giant area is memorable. Um... Yeah, when I and, when I previewed it yeah. at PAX, um, I don't. I think I played from the beginning of the game. Was the beginning of the game that when you're like pushing the car down mm-hmm. the road? Is that yeah. the very beginning? That's the very beginning. Yeah. So I played like the first hour or so, and uh, granted, this was my first Final Fantasy experience ever. 
I don't know. I think it was a very um, representative. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. A yeah, very different and it game. was it was a kind of it was kind of weird. Like I think I, I think I understand what you mean. Like I didn't. It was open world ish, at least for that first hour, but I didn't want to explore it all. Mm-hmm. Whereas like sitting down i mean i'm playing skyrim special edition now and i probably got even prior to this i bet you i got over 500 hours into skyrim and mm-hmm. i am still curious to run mm-hmm. around in the open world but i never got that with final fantasy 15 right. like nothing remotely close to that and and the trouble is like i don't consider square enix to be like a master storyteller in the industry but it means that like they so quickly want to get you into that a big open world because they I guess they think that's what people want out of RPGs at this point, mm-hmm. that the story is, one, it's relegated to the movie that came out beforehand, and also, just in general, like, it has a really terrible exposition problem, because it, like, you learn about these things that happened in the movie, and, like, they're so quickly glossed over, and, like, the lore is never really explained. Um, the characters are also, like, the main four characters that you that are in your party are never really explained to you they are explained in an anime that came out before the game did um and it really feels to me like square looked at western rpgs and assumes that like and they, they tried to implement things thinking that's what everyone wants and it just it's like they don't have the expertise to really execute on those concepts um like a smaller example is uh, you guys have played bioware games right yeah, yeah. And you know, like... I, 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 I have played games. Boy. That are... Okay. What, what is the Wood Elves game? Total War Warhammer. I've played other games. Have you played Total War, Joe? I've not played... Ah! <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, in Bioware games, like, you know how there's, like, banter between the party members that happens... You know, at various points. Final Fantasy. Wait, 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 hold on. Now you're saying Bioware games. Bioware. You mean, did you, you mean, said Bioware. Did you mean? Did you say Bio? I thought you said Bioshock the first time. No, Bioware. No, he fully said Bioware. Oh, okay. Well, fuck yeah, I've played okay. Bioware. Games. <laughs> right. Come on, get the hell out of here, you assholes. Hey, you were the hey, one that hey, said Hey, someone it. said they hey, didn't play Bioware hey, games because they're hey, not cool. Shut up. Just get on. With <laughs> okay, so Final Fantasy 15. It. And having, like, and trying to have that sort of, like, party ban- banter in the same way. Like, there's occasional, like, funny banter moments, but they repeat literally the entire game. Like, mm. without, like, like, they're not contextual. They just, I heard Prompto sing the Chocobo song probably 30 times in my entire oh, time can't playing Can't get enough of the Chocobo song. I mean, I, 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 I think the... you can, and I think I did. <laughs> um, like... So explain as someone who's new to the series, um, like some of the stuff in it just didn't seem to fit to mm-hmm. me, uh, and and so I want to ask if that's like if that's intentional or if that's the way it's always been. So, for one thing, I feel like the fact that they were driving a car and then pushing it down the road did not seem to fit with my impression of what Final Fantasy is at all. Like there in are any way. there are different and, things like the tone they're going for. I think Kenneth has already uh, touched on is that it seems like there's a lot of games, maybe not a lot of games. Like it seems like a lot of games just from what I'm hearing and what I'm playing. Uh, I've played some of the game, not a lot. Uh, 
a lot of games or just two games probably are being smushed into this one game. Yeah. Feels like even more than two games being put in together. But I think the tone of like this modern world is sort of what they were going for, but it's also at the same time totally just absurd. Like uh, where your characters are wearing these crazy boy band like leather get-ups yes, and then you walk yeah, it but what? then you walk into this area where the people are wearing like slacks and a polo and it's just Look, totally like, at odds with everything it doesn't the make first any sense. person you meet is like the modern day equivalent of daisy duke and like i was just like okay this came out and of left field because like you said my dudes look like some futuristic half japanese <laughs> harley riders pushing a car down the road with the wrong color hair and then, like, you meet Daisy Duke with a southern accent in the middle of the, nowhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on And then, like, on the on other here? side of the game, you have, like, these epic battles amongst, like, these god characters. And just, like, this focus on, like, just, like, this magical fantasy aspect of it. And it's, like, again, you can call out Final Fantasy XIII's linearity or even Final Fantasy X's linearity. Those games had a very consistent world and a very consistent tone and a very consistent story. Um, Final Fantasy XIII had, had exposition problems, but at least by the time it got to the end, it was all relatively consistent. Um, Final, Final Fantasy XV's plot means nothing. Like, it, the, the beginning of the game and the end of the game are so at odds with each other. Like, I don't understand. It was like they were made in two different rooms where people did not consult each other, except maybe it needs to involve characters X, Y, and Z. Um, and they're probably two games, right? That's, and that's probably what happened. And that's here. the thing, it's like, after you get, you know, eight or so chapters in, you go out from this open world into a more linear story-driven, set-piece-driven thing. And that's when it started to really kick up for me because it started to look like it was going to have actual tangible consequence to anything. Because it's, it's like that open world is, I guess, a thing that they... It's stagnant. It, it doesn't have any... Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have any kind of, like... There's no significance uh, no. to um, it? Yeah, absolutely not. It feels... Even though there's, like, it's inhabited... I'm sorry, I'll let you continue, Kenneth. But, like, even though it's inhabited, it still has this barren feel. Like, there's no touching it. It just... You just kind of roll around the surface and uh, pick up items that don't really have any mm -hmm. consequence except for you know trade and like it's it's usage in battle and so yeah the i totally see that in the open world just from the opening hours mm -hmm. of the game and that's just my my thing with final fantasy 15 is like i i try and describe it but it's it feels like three or four different games all mushed into one without a whole lot of forethought towards it it's like i don't i mean i i get that Square is trying to make this this all like it even even when you boot up the game it says a Final Fantasy for uh, fans and new players alike like every time you boot up the yep. game it says that and it's like they're trying to appeal to so many people I think that the game just has no focus and I think it I yeah, think it's a serious identity I crisis. think it's going to be yeah. just as if not more divisive than Final Fantasy 13 ever was because at least, I, like again, you can you can complain about Final Fantasy XIII's linear nature, but at least it is nothing if not consistent. Yeah, there was a design, uh, mm -hmm. a core design that was at the cornerstone of each of those games. You know, uh, so yeah. that's that's definitely appreciated in my video games. Uh, but yeah. the I call them my video games, but um, 
I I just yeah. At the same time, it's also uh, I understand that there was this developmental. I was going to say the word hiccup, but I mean that's an understatement of the year if there ever <laughs> was one. Uh, I just I wish they would have handled everything better. I'm getting really uh, critical and upset with uh, video game PR lately. Uh, like just the fact that this game released is I think a result of bad PR. I feel like they felt like they had to release this game because they did that event, that stupid event where they an- announced the movie and the anime, and mm-hmm. they did that stupid fucking uh, cynical button thing where they like not cynical, sorry, like this like conceited button thing where like oh press the button and it it'll uh, tell you the release date and that'll be the release date and they delayed it and now that it's delayed the whole game's not out and it's not finished and they're gonna send out a patch for all the story content and that's why the story's all fucked up it's like come on guys like you dug yourself in this hole you could have avoided this uh, you could have just not announced the game 10 years before I know that's silly it's not 10 years before and something happened obviously. Uh, and it was possibly something to do with yeah the the poor reception of Final Fantasy 13 like you said, but like yeah I don't know there's just so many ways that this could have been avoided I swear I have <laughs> known nothing about video game development you should never listen to me when I'm talking about that stuff but look great like advice. PR I know but look PR I know something about and I know bad PR when I see it and you you set yourself up for disaster when you make promises. Mm-hmm that you're not 100% sure you can keep. You know, you shouldn't just say this is the release date when the game is just totally not ready even in the slightest. And I don't know, the game looks like a disaster from that perspective. Uh we didn't talk really about the combat that much. We don't have to get into it. But like do you like the combat system, this active system? It's fine. I it feels sort of I don't know. It wrote. It's like it, it's fine. It's it gets the job done. It's <laughs> it's kind of like Kingdom Hearts Light, I guess. It's in other words, it's shitty. It's sort of hack and slash, but it just sort of I don't know. Like it doesn't have a lot of strategy to it, so it just kind of it's mindless. It's yeah. It. I don't know if it's. It, I I have not played enough I of it to agree know with that, how much 100%. it involves. But it looks like it gets pretty. Uh, complex as far as just choosing enemy types choosing you know uh your magic spells and your uh and your weapon types uh when going up against enemies but once you're in it and once it's happening and you're setting your plan off when you've put it in place prior to a battle it seems like it's pretty actively just but you're just holding a button and every now and then you press another button and then you hold a button again that's the thing that bothered me about it the most was the holding the button down to string attacks together that just like yeah. cheapened the experience so much to me. It was just like, okay, it, so really all I have to do at, is hold down X yeah. and he's just going to like hit harder and harder and harder. And wow. Okay. I mean, I could fall asleep it, in the middle of It did of that this. at first for me. Absolutely. After a while, it started to get this cool rhythm to it. Nah, yeah, yeah. So I was too busy is, holding so. down the X button and waiting sure, for something yeah. to Look, happen. Sure. Yeah. Look, like it, my first two hours with the game, I'm just like, wow, this is a really simple fucking combat system. Right. I'm really, really unimpressed. But after a while, it starts to open up, not in the actual active, in the active capacity, but in the abilities that are attached to it. 
Uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. I won't play anymore until it's patched because they apparently sold us a broken game, and I'm just very, very tired of that. Like, and I'm just so tired of how opaque uh, developers or moreover publishers are about their broken, not even broken, unfinished or unpolished or half-baked games. Like, that's just let's get rid of this. You know, you're hurting yourself with you know games that you release that are not finished. And then, you know, you say you're going to patch it, but it doesn't sell well. And then you don't patch it because it didn't sell well. And, well, you released a crappy game. Or it does sell well, and then you're getting a lot of heat for it because it's not patched. And then, I don't know, just don't do that. So it's very silly. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's my advice. <laughs> So while Final Fantasy XV is like a smorgasbord of like four different games, it at the very least feels like a modern video game. Where Last Guardian feels like it was supposed to have been released at least seven years ago. Um, Joe, how far are you? Not far. I am... So I, I turned it on like briefly after I spoke to you on Slack. And I'm in a place where I forget where I'm supposed to go. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I am past the trees part, uh, I think. And uh, it's hard to tell because you just go from space to space in the beginning at the very least. Uh, feeding him barrels of stuff. Feeding Trico barrels of stuff. Oh my god, this sounds uh, even worse than I thought. It's honestly, though, to be like, Kenneth, you've reviewed the game. You know the game very well and you know where it goes. Uh, and you're obviously not trying to spoil it and i'm i'm spoiling that uh that discussion for you i'm sorry <laughs> i want to finish the game but um we'll, it's we'll talk about it during game of the year yeah of course but uh talking about just the game itself it does feel very it's you feel very bipolar playing this game cuz it is at the same time very good and mm-hmm. very very bad yeah its antiquated systems are really do it no uh favors at this mm-hmm. point uh in 2016 like, the camera is just the worst thing ever. Like, when that cliche when people say oh, the camera is its worst enemy, mm-hmm. it is literally its worst mm-hmm. enemy. It is it, it, it makes me sick sometimes. It's Damn. unruly. And it keeps me from looking at this beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Because while it is an, a dated-looking game, it's also very beautiful. Mm-hmm. The animations are very seamless. I reminded of Inside when I watched the boy move around mm-hmm. and Trico. And Trico is... A is a marvel. Yeah, like it is at, it, Trigo is very impressive uh, engine design, game design, whatever it is. Uh, so that's what I'm getting so far from the mm-hmm. game. I'm very impressed with Trigo, not impressed with like the actual playing, playing of the game. And the, yeah, yeah um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's that was the the weird thing. It's like I'm generally a story first person who plays video games. Um. So I didn't think that those kind of things would bother me that much until it got to, like... Like, for... for I, I described it like this in my review. For the first little bit of the game, it felt like I was... It felt like something like Journey or something... Like, I was playing a, a cooperative game with somebody that I had a language barrier with. Because, um... And it, that sounds awful, but it was actually pretty cool. Um, because there would be points where, like, I, as playing as the boy, couldn't 
figure something out, but Trico would find it out. Like, he would figure out what the, the solution was. I mean, sure, he's, like, programmed to do that, but still, like, just the feeling of, like, I have this person with me who I can't really speak to, but we're communicating mm-hmm. in our own ways. Um, and then it gets to the, are you at the point where, like, you're allowed to give him orders? You know, I don't think I ever learned that, okay, th- but, like, like there's a I, very... I did this thing where I held the... Okay, okay, it's a very yeah, explicit yeah. part, then no, I'm not there. Um, So, like, that happens, and, like, at a point you can... He basically becomes an extension of you, the player, and at that point, it just becomes this fucking infuriating thing, because he doesn't listen. Like, I would say 60% of the time, I couldn't get him to do what I needed him to do. Um, And then, like... The, the boy, he just flails all around the place, like, and it's especially hard, like, if you're trying to climb up stuff, especially if you're trying to climb up Trico, because the he'll move around in certain ways, and then the camera reorients itself in a way that it changes the oh, direction yeah. you have to climb, so, like, you'll start... The amount of times I've, like, my camera's clipped into Trico, and, like, just around the boy's head, it's just, it's already I'm like two, three hours into the game and mm-hmm. it's already annoying me to no end. And the thing is, like, that stuff doesn't let up and it gets worse, like, as the game goes on. Mm. But also, I think The Last Guardian might be the best story of 2016. So okay. it's like... See, I, I... So far, the story, I like the idea, you, you saying it's like speaking to someone uh, through a language barrier. I totally get that, what you're saying. It is very much... You're very much communicating with Trico. And you're reckoning with him and trying to convince him and urging him, and it's very cool. And and it's Trico's so believable mm-hmm. that it's a joy to do uh, when you're not, you know, contending with this fucking camera mm-hmm. or with the boy's clumsiness. Like clumsiness can often be uh, endearing and uh, fun to play around with. Uh, for instance, I loved grow uh, grow home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that little indie game where you're this little bot that's very klutzy. Uh, that was a favorite game of mine, and it was because you had to work around the character's uh, klutziness and uh, how it moved around in this 3D platforming area. Uh, the boy, however, is uh, just pushes it way too far. He just falls mm-hmm. on everything. Every time you like duck down on something, he like. F- befuddles himself up he's really annoying to mess around with <laughs> Dr- trying to climb trico even he's just unreasonably slow yes. climbing trico yes. like it's sh- like it should take me a couple seconds less to climb on the top of it like it's just a couple things that are too frustrating i uh, you know and it's unfortunate because there's so much about this game that's so far fantastic like, it looks pretty those fucking trees <laughs> I-, I keep saying like it's the part with the trees because those fucking trees are amazing you know like, trees have a weird way in video games. If we could talk about video game trees for a second, if we could get that weird. Like, trees have a weird way of being rendered. You know how, like, groups of leaves mm-hmm. are rendered as, like, flat 2D images? And just over the years, the amount of those images has grown and made the trees look more believable. Like, this has, like, the, these trees are just very detailed and very pretty. And you can tell that they're designed in a way that's very old. But they're so impressive because even though they're that old, I may sound like very uh, video game hipster right now, but it's it's impressive for how antiquated it is. But um, yeah, anyway, it's 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 definitely riddled with those hindrances that's holding back what seems like. And that's the thing is like the gap between the absolutely stellar fantastic elements of this game 
and just the fucking terrible actual playing of it is so huge. Like, I would almost recommend everyone, like, I think, I do think Last Guardian is something that everyone needs to experience, though, because clearly, like, I'm, last I checked, my review was the lowest one on Metacritic, and there are a lot of people that have given it, like, nines and tens, so it is clearly something that Uh everyone needs to experience themselves to figure out where on that spectrum they lie. But if it gets to a point where, like, you're playing it and you just can't fucking do it anymore, watch it. Like, because... Yeah. I spent this... Like, and I don't know if you guys know this about... Well, actually, I did mention it earlier. I'm a fucking crybaby when it comes to, like, anything that stirs me emotionally at all. Yeah. I, the Last Guardian's ending, despite ever all the shit I gave this game, despite the review I gave it, had me just bawling. Because... And I think it is one of the yeah. most affecting moments of any game this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I am going to keep playing it. I can see people just dropping it within the first uh, 30 minutes of playing this game, and that's unfortunate, uh, but at the same time, totally understandable. Yeah, like, if you're not going to... Yeah, I can if you're not gonna you for, deal, for sure, I would drop that shit with the way you guys described it. I'd throw yeah, it where just it's right like, out the door and piss on it. Yeah, oof, damn. Uh, it's, yeah, you can't be dealing with, like, crappy controls and stuff and spend $60 on it. You know, that's ta- that's hard. It is, I just, it, there are so many moments where, like, I literally had a moment where I was, <laughs> like, so bipolar. I, like, had a moment where I was playing the game and I went out into this space and I was, like, all inspired Like, oh, this is amazing. And then the camera did something. I'm like, fucking last party. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm excited to see it through the end. I hope it's as good as you're saying. And I hope I can just bear with the crappy controls for a little longer. That's all. So, uh, anyway, Mike, we totally monopolized this uh podcast on games we've played did you have any announcements from uh mike pierce's long flowing catalog of two to four games at a time it's funny you should ask there mr joe because there are actually other things going on in the world besides uh the last shitty guardian and uh what whatever the other final um, fantasy 15 yeah the other game I that nobody know. cares that's, about from what i can tell this is all that's happening yeah, yeah those are those are the only two games right now no um there's really not a whole lot. The and and actually in the same vein of messed up stuff, the Wood Elves DLC um, for Total War Warhammer is jacked up. It just came out today, but yeah. all sorts of problems with it. Uh, multiplayer hasn't been running for people. Lots of people are booting to black screens. Game is crashing. Just like a whole slew of problems, and it seems to be relatively widespread. Um, Creative Assembly Assembly has already said they know about it and they're working on it, but. As far as I know, they haven't put out any uh, estimation as to when they'll fix it. But it's like anything other than if if you can actually boot the game, and a lot of people can't. Mm-hmm. Basically, the only thing you can play right now is a solo campaign. All it sounds like the majority of multiplayer functions are wow. just done. So that's rough. Yeah, so they're working on it. They're they're good about that though. Creative Assembly is really good about putting out patches. So I expect sometime soon it, it'll be fixed and they'll address everything I, they responded to me on twitter within within like one minute when i told them sure. that it was a that it was a problem so um 
And then yeah. uh, just two other things, really. The uh, registration for uh, Ghost, Recon, Re- Ghost Recon Wildlands beta has opened. Uh, I think it opened two days ago. They haven't actually said when the beta starts yet, but mm. the game comes out in March, so do the math. Presumably, yeah. Yeah, presumably it'll come out in March, right? You, you never know, I suppose, right? Yeah. And then, I could see them delaying out of it just to get out of the Switch's way if the Switch does launch in March. Well, and, you know, you know as we've been saying, like, if you have problems in the beta, that's what a beta's for. So sure. if it's messed up, delay the game and make it right and then release it later. So that's the responsible thing to do if you run into that many problems. Well, I mean, regardless uh, of if the game's running well, just, like, get out of the Switch's way. Right, uh, yeah. You know, I, I know they're totally separate, but... Like, you know, if people are buying a console, a whole console, maybe that's not the best time to release a game. Yeah. Well, no, I, I understand. Something. I understand. I think that's a valid reason, too. I mean, we've talked about that before. You know, you got to time things properly. Mm-hmm. Timing is, is a huge part of having a successful game release, regardless of how good the game is. Yep. Um, true. And actually, another game just got delayed. Uh, Space Hulk Deathing, Deathwing was supposed to come out this week, and... Um, they were doing exactly what we were just saying. They had issues during the beta, and they were trying to fix them. And basically, it took too long, and they weren't able to meet the release date, so they've delayed it until next week. Mm. Um, and then uh, last piece of news is pretty straightforward as well. There's a new shooter from a Seattle-based developer called uh, Hollow Spark. Their game is called Earthfall. It looks a lot to me like an alien version of left for dead it looks a lot like it's four player co-op survival um and it looks sweet if you're if you're down with substituting zombies for aliens and it being set in the pacific northwest so it's really like forested and kind of eerie looking Mm -hmm. um it looks pretty cool and anyway they just said that they'll be supporting a high dynamic range color and 4K resolution on the PS4 and Xbox One S. So of course, that's that's the thing to do nowadays. Yeah, and it looks pretty good. I mean, they only still they still only have the PAX reveal trailer out, but it looks pretty damn good. So I'm pumped about that. That's all it. Right. That's all I got for you guys. Well, did you play any games besides Total War Warhammer? Any new games for you? Um. Well, I played Skyrim Special Edition. Does that count? <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. Of course. Love me my Skyrim. I never joined PC Master Rates until very recently, so Skyrim is fantastic. My uh, my associate, Kenneth Shepard, is not a fan of Skyrim. Uh, I remember that vividly. So, uh, But but I'm a, certainly a fan. I liked it. I love that uh, game. That's one of my all-time favorites. I just loved now. I, I haven't had it on PC. I never played it on PC, so I'm appreciating the mods right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're mostly light mods that I've uh, installed, but uh, the one open cities where you just walk in Morrowind style and like White Run and uh, Riften and all these cities are just rendered in the open world. So you just open the gates and it's loaded already. Is a really like s- huge step up for like how the game plays and how it feels as like a real world. Well, and everything from like, I heard that the 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 console load times too are pretty brutal. I never played it on console, but I've heard that they were pretty terrible. So, oh, at but, at the time they were awful. They were up to like ninety seconds or like even like oh I saw two minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That's you pretty jarring. To, that's pretty. You literally bad. would do something like while you were just sitting there waiting. 
and uh, now they're much better. Uh, they're probably not as good as PC as always, but they're much better, and that's made the game playable. Um, I, I did jump into say... it for a little while before uh, Final Fantasy came out, uh, and now once I finish Last Guardian, unless they patch Final Fantasy, I might jump back in again. Who knows? I do have to say, though, to be fair... Um, that I don't actually find the special edition to look that much better. I really don't. No, I like, agree. I've played it quite a lot already, and I look around and I'm kind of like, well, this uh, yeah, actually looks a lot like the way I remember yeah, it before. Yeah, I totally agree. It looks like I think they've added like a lot more lush and like overgrowth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, a lot more like just rendered little plants uh, and grass. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was all some of that flat textury right. uh, grossness that you remember. Other than that, yeah, the frames are not much better. Yeah, I like although the like frames dipped, texturing like, isn't really a whole lot better either. Yeah, f- I the mean, frames I... are a little better. They are not at sixty, uh, which is just insane. The uh, uh, it's really it's it really kind of speaks to the strength of the modding community and mods in general because you can make that game look. At least on the PC, I don't know what the options are available for, uh, like for Xbox and PS4. Yeah, I haven't really uh, on messed the, around with that yet. On the PC, you can make that game look like a, a brand new AAA game that came out last month if you get the right combination of mods and you can get them running together properly, which is always the big challenge. Sure. Because you course. never know what kind of damage you're going to do, you know, with one mod trying to communicate with another. But yeah, some people have figured it out, and when you get that perfect balance, that game can look absolutely incredible. Um, I did one last funny anecdote with with mods. I for Skyrim modding on Xbox One uh, had run a couple mods. One was like I I don't know like uh, more realistic uh, animal behaviors, mm-hmm. and then open cities, and then something about NPCs have more like realistic chatter or behavior or another thing like that and i loaded in and it was right outside white run and then just a row of like horses were just walking out of white run like just like unmanned horses <laughs> i just sat there watching a bunch of horses walk by i'm like all right there's something wrong this is just absurd it's like you're in the wild west man there's just the herds of wild horses just go running by you right outside yeah from of white all the run. dead just... yeah maybe i maybe they uh it rendered some kind of a man in black npc that killed everyone and now all the horses are unmanned don't you just love that there's a new show now that has a character that's collectively known as the man in black man in black that. it freak every time well for the first couple of weeks i was like what oh wait yeah got it yeah not will smith well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here at the GT Reboot. Uh, you can join us every week. Uh, we normally post on Sunday nights. And uh, this is recorded, of course, on Thursday night, uh, December 8th. And my name is Joe DeClara. You can follow all of my silly rantings and other Twitter nonsense at Joey Dagabonuts. You can follow uh, Mike Pierce, of course. Mike Pierce, where can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me at Grumpy Gamer. That's Grumpy with two R's. Okay. Kenneth, where can we uh, find your content and all your stuff? Uh, just follow me on Twitter at ShepardCDR. S-H-E-P-A-R-D-C-D-R. And you can email Joe and I at podcast at gamingtrend.com. All right. And uh, you can, of course, check out everything we do, or majority of what we do, at gamingtrend.com. Uh, again, my name is Joe DeClaret. That's Mike Pierce. That is Kenneth Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week.